I'm V. And I'm K. And we got something to say. Season two. Hey, y'all. <laughs> should we start that again? <laughs> yeah. Because well, I said, should I do a countdown? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Ola, we're going to start now. That's a cute bloopers moment. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Maybe we keep it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. <laughs> What's up, everybody? We're back. <laughs> we're so back you know what let's keep the beginning i want everyone to know that we uh couldn't even say hello no, <laughs> sometimes it's not smooth you know what i mean and you know contrary to popular opinion sometimes we aren't as smooth as silk all the time doing the intro <laughs> nah nah sometimes we're not sometimes we are it's really a toss-up and that's the beauty of the song you know this season we've been all about opening up with saying we're back like at this point like you know what i'm saying like we're, we're just here again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're not back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not really nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We didn't leave. Um, <laughs> we've been here. <laughs> Same place. We're back. We're back. <laughs> we're here. Nothing's changed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Koei, what's going on with you? How are you? Oh, God. Viet, how am I? I'm <laughs> stupidly busy. And, like, mm-hmm. I need to trim the fat because my plate is just way too full like i'm i'm doing way too many things and it's not it's not okay it's not okay um so i need help um you know i really for a while there i was i mean i'm still begging people to hire me don't don't get it twisted i could always use an opportunity but i'm at the point now where like again like the plate's just too full and i'm like wait 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 i need a different kind of help now wait yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're you're booked and busy. Sis has four jobs. She has all the hats on everybody. She's just putting top hat upon top hat upon fedora <laughs> upon sun hat on her head. God, and like the problem is like I can't like say no. Well, that that's like okay. I'm not like I'm not crazy with it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like if something is like crazy, I'll be like no. But if someone gives me an opportunity, especially where I think it could help me like advance my career, you know, I've got the Capricorn rising, so I can't say no, especially and when there's money, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say no to a coin. That's real. She hard. had her bag. <laughs> yeah, which is actually like a big problem that I'm having now. Like I just, I love bags, but like now I'm like, I like you can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like someone's got to go. Um, yeah, so now yeah, I'm yeah. rambling, um, but that's me. <laughs> I, I love it. You pass off. <laughs> Just I stay <laughs> typing. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah. It's either that or hear from your assistant. That's the best part. <laughs> My poor assistant Kagoni. Literally, I send her like fifty voice notes a day, <gasps> like long and short term projects. I'll be like, okay, Kagoni. Like, I actually want to look into what having like a journalism training program in Nairobi would look like. Let's like do some. Re- I'm the worst, but I'm also like, you know, I always like I check in on her mental health. Okay, yeah, you know, I'm course, always like, hey, yeah. how you doing? How can I help? Is this serving mm-hmm. you? So like, mm-hmm. it's madness, mm-hmm. but like within reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she's so on it. She also got that like youthful hop in her step. Oh where she's God. just, mm, her shoulders are bouncing. Okay, her chest is up high and she's already typing as soon as you're texting her. Just like that. Literally someone, if they could put like 21 or 22 in a bottle and sell, like, give me that. 
because yeah, she's yeah. just like, you know what I mean? Just going the extra mile all of the mm-hmm. time, always mm-hmm. thinking about like, I just, I miss that bright eyed, like, ah, oh, ah, oh, yes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. now that I'm in like my new career, like I'm, I'm a little like, you know, I'm, I'm an old bitch. So I'm a little bit yeah. like, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. moving, but the, the knees are, are crack lacking as I'm moving. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. The back's sore. You know, the fingers are, they're tired a little bit. They're tired. I fully have to get a massage once a week because I'm just. (laughs) Shoulders are to your ears. (laughs) Okay. Enough about me. How are you doing, boo? Oh, well, I want to take this moment too to just plug Koei and all her writing gigs. Okay. She just wrote for a Cosmopolitan UK. All right. She's given us the real heartfelt getting right to it about what's going on in the world, the the year in review that we are with Black Lives Matter, with George Floyd that posts death, all of that. So plug in that for her. Link is in her bio, her, her link tree. That's right. Koei has a link tree. All of her things can be found there. So shout out to you, girl. You're really out here. You're doing it. Booked and busy. Oh, thank you, babe. It's really exciting because, you know, they're the ones who reached out to me to write this, which I was really flattered by because, of course, like they work with so many, you know, fabulous black and, and mixed race writer. So, I mean, it was, it really touched me that they thought about me to write it. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. If you guys want to read it, like Viet said, the links in my bio, we stay linked. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, stay. we stay linked. Okay. No, Baby, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's called cross promotion. It's called building a brand. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now tell me about you. How are you doing, boo? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, you know, actually this is kind of, I don't know if we talk about this enough. So I'm about to piece out for my job, uh, which is so yeah. like, whew. first of all, I have never had to put in a resignation letter before. I was so nervous. Can we talk about that? Like <laughs> saying like, mm, this is my last day effective this time, yada, yada, yada. You know, I'll do what I can to support the transition, all this business. I reread that very short email of mine so many times because it occurred like I, you know, leaving a job, especially like this job that I had was the first job that I had out of college. So it was like, oh man, like I'm really like saying I'm out of here. I'm taking a break. Like I'm doing it for me. Um, so that felt like a, like an adult moment, you know, the first, the first resignation, if you will. Um, so that's, that's been good. I like real talk, <laughs> I'm just kind of jaded from my job, which is all to say, cause I'm like, I'm mentally kind of not there anymore. No, totally. Which is an interesting experience because in a lot of ways, I remember being the like, uh, springy, you know, like just pleased to be here <laughs> former self. Yeah. Just the other day, you know, just a, a sprightly young gal, bright eyed, bushy tail wanting to learn it all. And now I'm like, please don't email me. This email <laughs> finds me right out the door. Like <laughs> I don't want to hang out anymore. Um, so that's been, that's been interesting, but obviously of course, like grateful to even be able to leave my job and to be okay. And to take, um, the next month and a half off before moving and school and hitting the books. So I'm kind of in that place right now where it's like, all right, transition's happening. And I want to give myself as much time to kind of take it all in and, and de-stress and kind of prepare myself mentally and emotionally too, um, without having to hop from one thing to the other, which again, like I'm, I'm super grateful to even have that luxury and that I was able to kind of plan myself out where I didn't have to work immediately before starting school. So that's all to say we voibin. That's the voibs right there. 
That is amazing. I am so proud of you. And I'm actually like really, really, really happy that you're getting the chance to take a break before you head into the big P, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that's that's a huge transition. And I know I've, I've heard from friends of mine who've made the the work to, to back to school and it, it's been a difficult one, right? Because, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I think you're lucky because like, you know, it was just the other day that you graduated from college. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like it's been like hella, hella years. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, you know, when you graduate school, you know, I know like you, you leave it out. Like it's out of your head. Like I really, oh, I yeah. left college at like the AU doors. And I was like, okay, don't even know who that is. Sorry to that. Mm-hmm. Sorry to that experience. Sorry to that. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh my God. So that's all I'll say. I'm glad that you're taking a moment and that you're able to, um, Thank you. Because yeah, b- big life moves, baby. Big life moves. Yeah, man. Something like that. We transitioning, okay? We making it happen. <laughs> it's so fun because we're really like at the same place. Because I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but whatever. Do it. Say we're it. Like family. Um. Yeah. So I'm gonna leave my full time job. Um. Because I. I finally gotten to the point um where my savings are right and yeah. I can support myself off of writing now comfortably. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. When I was planning out the budget for the summer, you know, like, okay, do I have enough money for rent for the next three months? Cool. Right. Can I pay for utilities? Bet. Do I have, you know, food money? Mm, here we go. Like once I laid, uh, laid all of that out, I was like, wow. And this is what it feels like to budget. <laughs> no, literally budgeting is important. Um, yeah. And you know, it's funny. I'm for so many years, I was so focused on like stability and being able mm-hmm. to provide for myself. So it's, it's quite the challenge to transition out of that mentality. And it's great, right? Like I, I've been working two years to get to this point now where I can actually have a full-time creative career. Like that's all I've wanted. Um, but it's hard, you know, like the little, you know, early twenties, me who was like struggling to get by and like just mm-hmm. wanted a full-time job that gave me some bennies mm-hmm. and gave me some Benjis, Benjis and Benjis. <laughs> That's my new single, guys. That's the name of the mixtape. It's Benny's and Benji's. It's Benny and Benji's. Oh my god! Oh, that's good. Oh, look, give us a beat. <laughs> we'll get me a beat. Yeah, put something right now. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's it's weird. It's definitely weird, and I can't even imagine like for you it being like your first job. Like, more power to you because I feel like with your first job, like that's. Honestly, guys, like just a round of applause for Viet because it's so hard leaving your first job, no matter what your exit is. Like it's so like it's it's so yeah. tough. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparkle and shine, baby. Thank you, girl. No, for like honestly, I reread my email so many times when I was sending that <laughs> resignation. I had Daniel read it too because I was course. like, please make sure that there's no period that's not supposed to be there and the punctuation. I was like, do I hit the nice line between um, I'm grateful for this opportunity, the yada yada connections that I made, the professional growth, all this business, but also like. Like I am out of here, like hitting that tone. And you're right. Like first, it was my first real like big girl job. And, you know, both of our parents like have been working their entire lives. Like there was no like lull. Like it was, you know, the job was to keep the lights on, to keep it going. And so it was also a moment of like, you know, my parents like have really set the tone for like what work ethic looks like. And to be able to also see that like, okay, but I can also take some time off for myself because I've been working, you know, was really like, wow. Okay. I'm proud of myself. Like I I can do this. 
it is a little risky. You know, I, I really was crunching the numbers to figure out if we can pull through. But I said, you know what? Do this for you. Like, do this for you. Period. <laughs> that's on period. That's on period. Per. <laughs> and I actually think that's a, a, a cool segue into what we're going to talk about today, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, is over apologizing. And I think, you know, there's so many layers to this conversation that it's definitely going to be hard to keep this in our cute little 45 pocket um, because mm-hmm. I feel a type of ways about this. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, one way to, to kind of usher in the topic is by, is by thinking about it in the workplace. Like I know for me, like yeah. I stay apologizing at work, like all of the time, like, Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. this, Oh, sorry, that like, even if it's like some dumb shit, like, Oh, like I'm sending something and it's like a minute late, I'll apologize for that. And it's really, mm-hmm. you know, it's so like connected to like imposter syndrome and also just, you know, I think, for me personally, after being laid off from a job, you realize how like fickle employment really is, mm-hmm. right? Like you can wake up one day and they could dump your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like there's the mm-hmm. job security is like kind of like a LOL thing. Like what's job security? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like not really a thing. So I think like that fear has kind of always been an undercurrent in my career. So I have always yeah. been, you know, again, like how you're saying extremely, like even like overly so like extremely mm-hmm. thankful for the opportunity, mm-hmm. extremely like like, yeah, like, sure, I'll do this. I'll do that. And then again, mm-hmm. very apologetic if I think I've done something wrong, which is essentially like all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I absolutely feel you on that. I don't know if you've had this in your work environments, but when I check in with my supervisor and my supervisor will ask me, you know, what's your workload looking like? What's your, are you balancing things? You know, are you able to take this on? Like, please let me know yes or no. I can't like saying no feels like a huge letdown. And there's so many, like in hindsight, there's so many opportunities where I could have done myself a favor of been honest, a lot more honest from the jump, oh, you yeah. know, to just be like, Hey, actually like it's, I'm really slammed with this, this and that. Um, can someone else take this on from the team or whatever the situation is, but doing that like felt like, Oh, uh, and so I, I instinctively am like, yes, 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 yes. But then I'm like kicking myself because I was like, I wasn't being, honest and then if something isn't 100 percent perfect i'm like oh sorry I mean, my apologies i didn't you know what i mean like and it just kind of perpetuates this tendency that i'm like oh if i just like look out for myself for later and like set that tone sooner like that was just it's gonna help me so much more oh a hundred percent if i and i actually was telling Gavoni this because again Gavoni's a spring chicken and i was telling mm-hmm. her like listen if, if someone could have told me anything like if i could have controlled mm-hmm. what advice i would have gotten prior to going into the workplace it, it really it, it would have been setting up boundaries and how to do it and doing it yep. soon because i mm-hmm. think you know we all get into that trap where again like we're so over and i think you know there's also like racial and and gender undercurrents to this right like for yes, sure black women and and oh, i'll yeah. tell you all about the statistics okay <laughs> no matter where you are america the uk wherever you you don't need to hear this you know you know that mm-hmm. people aren't checking mm-hmm. for us like that mm-hmm. like that um in professional spaces um yeah so making those boundaries and making them clear at the beginning even if you are entry level is so important because it really does have the tone for for your relationships with with others at your job and also like your relationship to the job like it's important for mm-hmm. you to have to try and have and maintain a good balance between you know having a full life and also working hard and doing what you need to do and i think like that that really comes from having like healthy boundaries and so many mm-hmm. of us like 
you know, fudge that up <laughs> in yeah. the beginning. And then it just becomes chaos. And that's why so many people leave their first jobs like so soon. I know that mm-hmm. definitely happened to me. You know, I, <laughs> I forget if I've talked about this in depth on the podcast, but I started off my career working in tech. Um, and my first job out of college was at like a small tech startup in DC. Um, and it was quite a weird situation. Yeah, that was a time. <laughs> Talk about boys club. The yeah. epitome of yeah. boys club mentality. Like you, oh, uh, they can do it. They can do a whole like sketch up of that. Like make it a TV show. Like that was such a, uh. <laughs> if I, Honestly, if I ever get the opportunity to like create some kind of project, there are many in my head, but I definitely would have to do something about that time in my life because it was actually genuine chaos, like pure chaos. And like you hear about like the boys locker room situation, but like, let me tell you, that's where I was guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the people I worked with, um, I knew a bunch of them prior to working there because they'd gone to our college and they were in a, in a big frat. I won't say which one. And, and it was just a, (laughs) (laughs) a hot mess. I mean, it was just every kind of stereotype about tech spaces, you know, there being ping pong tables and like beanbag chairs and people are ripping shots and doing cocaine. Like I have stories for days about Mm -hmm. this work environment. And, you know, again, because, you know, I was super vulnerable at the time and I was super broke at the time. So I was just like, listen, I don't care what I have to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, I just need this job. And so yeah. my boundaries got, I mean, mine, it was dramatic, um, but it just completely obliterated. Like there were just no boundaries, like people hitting me up at like all kinds of hours in the night, mm-hmm, you know, some mm-hmm. relationships happening. I'm going to that later. Um, and yeah, it was a hot mess and it completely destroyed my mental health. And I got, you yeah. know, once you get in the habit of like apologizing all the time and saying yes all the time, like that's, that's the standard that you set for yourself. So like mm-hmm. all I was doing was apologizing. All I was doing was saying yes. All I, and then I just was drowning to the point yeah. where when I left the job. Like it wasn't, it was a chaotic exit as it was my time. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, mm-hmm. I ran out of there kicking and screaming because I was like, yo, like my behavior now, like my attitude now was not at all who I am or where I wanted to be. So I need to get out of here. Absolutely. No, I, I hear you in that. Uh, I think, you know, we were talking about this before we were recording, Koei and I, you know, we like to have our little check-ins before we press, uh, press, we're live. Um, and, you know, on the topic of apologizing, a big thing too that I've had to let go for myself is not kicking myself and like being really hard on myself when it comes to apologizing and friendships in particular okay. and how it, that mirrors what we've been talking about in our workspaces too, where it's like you you don't wanna you don't wanna let them down. You don't wanna say no, you right. know, for various reasons of like that job is literally keeping the lights on in your house and keeping you fed. And I think with some friendships that I've had more recently or you know, somewhat recently, um, you know, those were friendships that were really important to me, were really dear to me. And when they started to kind of fall apart, like I started to kick myself about it. And be like, okay, am I not meeting them? Am I not being a good friend? Am I not showing what good friendship looks like to them? Like, what did I do? You know, and like that has been a really big pill that I had to swallow of not constantly apologizing for myself when the dynamic that shifted was because of both of us. And maybe even just that other person, but I felt like I was the one that was constantly apologizing for not yeah. being there, not doing this, not being that. Maybe I'm not as interesting enough to that person or they don't really enjoy me as much. Like 
I'm apologizing constantly. And like yeah. that just tendency has, has like, I see it. I see the threads in my workspace. I see the threads in my friendship, even threads in romantic relationships and family relationships. Lord. Now we're talking about personal relationships. Like now mm-hmm. we're in the nitty gritty because I, I think about this often. Like when I tell you often, like at least once a day, and, you know, I'm very similar to you, Viet. Like, I think, you know, I think mine comes from, you know, I didn't grow up with like a sense of community. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, all my extended family lived in Kenya. I'm an only child. So it was really, and my parents sheltered me a lot growing up. And they actually, I mean, it's off topic, but I had severe social anxiety as a kid because, you know, I spent all of my time with my parents you know, and make, like occasionally their friends. So I didn't know how to interact with kids until honestly, like my teen years, like it was a whole thing. Anyways, so I have always felt very like insecure about me as a friend and my friendships, because mm-hmm. again, like I, it's, it, these are skills and relationships that I've had to upkeep and learn how to upkeep in like my, like adolescence into adulthood. And, you know, I always say this, I think we don't talk enough about how hard it is to maintain friendships. I think we mm-hmm. talk a lot about it with relationships and that's a whole other beast, but like friendships are hard. Like, even yeah. if you, like, you know what I'm saying? Even if like you love someone, even Viet and I, we might seem like the poster child for perfect friends, but even we have our cracks, right? Oh and yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I talk about them frequently to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. And that's on communication. That's on communication. That's period. That's on communication. You know, yeah, like yeah. even we have our cracks and I think, you know, what's great about us is that we're like comfortable talking about them. Like it's not a big deal. Cause I know like we're gotten to the point now where like VS not going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere, no matter what, mm-hmm. like you know I'm saying like, mm-hmm. so, Mm-hmm. it's it's whatever but yeah no it's it's really hard to have friendships it gets harder the older that you get you know because mm-hmm. then lives start to change people pop out some kids people put a ring on it becomes a whole thing and it's so mm-hmm. so hard and and like you viet i i feel because of my insecurities and because of like you know now again getting older you get busier and you and you get less mm-hmm. time and less you know, opportunities to really like forge friendships. So I feel like I'm constantly apologizing to somebody at all times. Like mm-hmm. I'm telling you at all times, I'm def- always apologizing to somebody for, for not responding to a text or not FaceTiming or forgetting to ask. Like, I feel like I'm so hyper conscious of it. And it mm-hmm. honestly, like I have lost friendships because that over apologizing has led to resentment. And then the yes. relationship is broken down because of it then I stopped giving a fuck, right? Because if I apologize, you know, one too many times, that's when we'll go into that area where I'm like, what the hell? You know what I mean? It's not a healthy dynamic, but it it happens to me quite a lot, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's super, super real. I think the bitterness part um, is where like, once you get to that place, it's so hard to walk back from it. You know, like that's when you're just like, damn, like that really, like that, that dynamic, that relationship took a turn for the worse. And something that I'm trying to be better about is like recognizing when I'm on the path towards that, because once you reach it, once you reach the bitterness and the like, you know what, like screw it. Like once you reach there, it's so hard to like mend it afterwards. And it's so, it's so much harder to make peace with it. And I feel like the, the, the trick to kind of being more comfortable and being more mature is recognizing when you're on the path towards bitterness. And sometimes that means detaching before you get there. And that is a business, that part of it right there. I have, I have not mastered at all. Like that's where I really struggle with. And I think that, 
that's when I start to over apologize because yeah. I don't want to get to the bitterness part. I don't want to get to the part where we're not on good terms and there's beef and there's this and it's tense and it's all these different things. I don't want to get there so much so that I start to apologize for everything that I think I did in the dynamic. And I something that I've been reflecting to, you know, both in like upbringing and childhood, like I feel like one of the deep insecurities that I have is not um, being like useful to somebody, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, or like not um, contributing meaningfully, like meaningfully towards somebody's life. Like that's just kind of like, yeah, that's that's something that I I'm still trying to figure out like where that comes from and like what I'm trying to fill in that way. But as soon as I feel like, oh, I'm not interesting enough for that person or, you know, I'm not as enjoyable to be around with to that person anymore. I like revert to, um, you know, how can I be more of this? How can I show them this? How can I like all of these different things to kind of like validate my like meaning to them? Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I'm sure it's more nuanced than this, but I, Mm -hmm. I find that that kids who, um, who have seen their parents split up have that because I have that too. That thing of like, Oh, I, I need, I need to like give this person something to to have this friendship. Like there this, yes. this friendship won't work unless I am like giving something about, I have that too. And I think that there's some level of seeing the dismantling of your family, immediate family structure. That's like tied to that. I'm also not sure what it is. Maybe we'll have a psychologist come in and break that down for us. But like, <laughs> I've, I've seen that. And also with my other mm-hmm. friends who have like, who are quote unquote children of divorce, which is like a dramatic. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It's a meeting that we all attend together. The children of divorce. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chloe. My parents are divorced. Hi, yeah. Chloe. <laughs> Hi, Chloe. It's so nice to see you again. Hi. <laughs> oh we have God. snacks in the back. <laughs> it's like stale coffee and like shitty yeah. donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a huge point, you know, and, yeah. and going back to what you said about like a particular friendship of yours um, that you've had to kind of reconcile. It's, um, yeah. it's yeah. what's the word? It's, um, it's fizzle out, I guess. Um, you know, mm-hmm. even me and like Viet, you know this better than anybody. Like I had a significant friend fallout and it's one of those things where it was like, it was a fallout that happened like multiple times. Like it was like, it was a, a long-term fallout that mm-hmm. had like, it's, it's like, you know, when you're, when you're close to somebody like that, it, it doesn't happen immediately. Like it's kind of like, you know, time passes, you try and reconcile, it falls apart again. You try and reconcile, it falls apart again. And that place that you're talking about where it's just, it's filled with bitterness and it's filled with resentments and it's filled with, you know, depths of emotion that you can't even begin in the other person that you can even begin to like dive into. That's where we had gotten to. And, you know, for me, what really, I think hurt me and still hurts me today, if I'm being totally honest, is that, you know, this person kept on like telling me that like, they, they were, they'd been ready to drop me essentially. Um, that they had like been building up all of these, like, you know, little resentments and little like pain points along the way. So like at the time that we had this particular conflict, like she was just like done. And I think, you know, that first of all, fucks with your head. First of all, like just to be told that like, Hey, these little moments here and there, I've been secretly hating you. Like, you know how that messes with your head. So like, imagine what that does to somebody who already over apologized. Like now I'm like, Oh my God. Like it really like spun me out to the point where it even made it difficult for me to like have other friendships because I was like, 
you know, are all of my friends fake? Am I the worst friend in the world? Like, do I deserve friendship? Like all mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So it's, it's honestly, I think that friend breakups are the most devastating things ever of life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that it, if you're talking about blows to your self-esteem and you're, and you're talking about like true pain, like the kind of pain that you like kind of carry with you. And, you know, for me, like now it's been time. So like, I I've let a lot of it go. And, and like you were saying, right. Like you have to get to a point where it's like, okay, you know, like I did where I was like, okay, I'm like apologizing, like a crazy amount. Like this, I'm apologizing for breathing at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. it's past the point of repair now. And, and I don't think we'll ever be friends because of that. And I can't even be friends with people who are friends with her that I was like mutual friends. With. It's a whole thing. Anyways, yeah. that's all to say. It's just, it's really devastating. And I think that over apologizing is, can really get in your way. And it's really hard. And it's, it's all, you know, yeah. it's fear, you know? Mm-hmm. I also think that that's a department in my life where I can be stubborn as hell. Like I'm not really stubborn about a lot of things, but I am stubborn about like, Oh, you know, but I'm good with that person. And that's never going to change. You know what I'm saying? Like I get like a little protective and that goes back to the whole, like the insecurity part of it. Like I, I kind of like, nothing's going to shake that or like, I'll always find a way to repair that dynamic, repair that relationship. Like I get stubborn about that to the point back to what we're saying is that when it starts to fizzle or crumble, whether it's naturally, you know, sometimes you drift, it is what it is or because something happened and it, it, it creates a fissure in your relationship. But regardless, like as soon as I start to see those cracks, I'm like, let's, we're working in overdrive, you know, to repair, 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 because I'm not someone who lets dynamics, you know, turn bad. I'm not someone who lets those relationships go away. Right. But the thing is, is like, I am putting the onus on me, like all of it. When a relationship is a two way street, like that's just the way it is. And also things can fade and fizzle as they are. And it doesn't have to be like, I failed that relationship. I failed that friend. I failed that dynamic, which like, I mean, we've talked about the workplace. We talked about friends. Like we touched about this a little bit with family. I think also creating those boundaries with family is really important. I've had to do that too, where it's like, I felt like I was needing to apologize for my parents' inability to communicate, you know, like, especially as my parents were separating, like, and all of that kind of, um, came to be, um, <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to apologize for lapse of communication and when things got tense and when things got hard or difficult. And then I realized like, I cannot put that all on me and I need to set up that boundary so that I'm not constantly apologizing for when something doesn't feel good within my family. You know, let me tell you something. Woo. You know, you have a big family, so you guys are like an army. So like, <laughs> that's enough, <laughs> enough to handle. And you know, like for me, like I, if there's one thing that I'm, I'm pretty good about being strong about and not apologizing about, it's my relationship with my family. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I love my extended family, uh, but they're insane. Uh, as all families are. And <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Have- <laughs> you know what I mean? That's normal. They also like don't have the healthiest dynamic. Also normal. And I think, you know, my grandmother died earlier this year. And I think that has unfortunately brought up some either even more unhealthy habits and unhealthy um, relationships and ways of communicating. So for me, I'm steadfast in like, I, I'm going to have my distance and, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. You know, because for my own mental health and for my own happiness and prosperity, and it might sound selfish, but you know what? I'm the only person in the world who's going to be looking out for me and only me like that. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I know like for me, like I, ca- I can't be in, in the mix like that, like that. Like, of course I support my family. I love my family. I have relationships, but I'm like, it's at a distance because, you know, my family has an issue. And I think a lot of Ke- Kenyan families are like this where like, we don't do boundaries. Well, like everyone's mm-hmm. all up on top of each other all of the time. A lot of people still live with the same people they have for like 60 plus years. Like it's not yeah. the healthiest, like, you know what I'm saying? If you're on top of somebody, you're going to start hitting them at some point like that. <laughs> and people yeah. feel like they have the, in my family have the right to, um, to, to judge your life and, um, to, to judge you and to criticize you. Like there isn't, there isn't a whole lot of precedent in my family for like healthy communication and, um, soft love versus tough love. Um, there isn't a whole lot of that. Um, and so, and I know how I, I know who I am, right. I am, I am a sensitive gangster. Okay. I cry. (laughs) Okay. My soft. Okay. So I can't, I can't be around that. I also, I, I, um, I, this is, is going to sound condescending and I I don't mean it to. I have too much perspective for that. Like, I feel like I've lived so many different lives. I've hurt so many people. I've been hurt by so many people. I've done so many, like, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I can't go brawl it out with my cousins and my uncles and aunts. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, what are we talking about? Like, yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. let me tell you. To listeners, especially our Kenyan ones, why I feel like, you know, I'm confident that a lot of you can kind of, under, you know, sympathize and, and you identify with having that family dynamic. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't be afraid to set up those boundaries and to not apologize for those boundaries because they're so vital to you and, yeah. and it's important to have them. Exactly. And I think, too, that family, especially in cultures like ours, where like the family unit and the importance of blood, whether like actual blood or those who become family is really deep. Like that's a very Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it doesn't like, it doesn't matter if that person isn't your auntie because that's your auntie because your mom told you that's your auntie. Like that's your auntie, you know? And it just like, I think our culture is really kind of, that's such a a salient part of who we are and our identity and our understanding of where we are, where we're from and where home is and all of that. And I love that about our culture too. Um, But that being said, there are moments where that can be overbearing when it compromises your well-being and your sense of self. Um, And exactly what you're saying, like setting up those boundaries when already, you know, there's high expectations about family and, and who has a say and how you need to live your life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it just kind of comes with how like intimately tied family is to our sense of selves, especially in our culture, African cultures, broadly immigrant cultures, like just culture, generally speaking, you know? So I think it's important, exactly what you're saying, like to set up those boundaries for yourself and to not feel like when those dynamics are off, that it's not your responsibility to fix everything and to apologize for when things aren't a hundred percent, you know, merry and happy and jolly and all those things, you know? Yeah. You know, it's a, here, I, I really feel like family and identity and shame are so tied together. Like, mm-hmm. really, there really is a thing here, like family is your identity. Like, who is mm-hmm. your mom? Who is your dad? Who are all these people? And that, listen, that's a beautiful thing. Like, I think the family unit is one of like the, the OG structures. It's the OG community. Mm-hmm. It's your family. And that's a great thing. But I think, again, like, it's a fine line between like, okay, like, you know, are we, are we, um, you know, 
like, is there anything outside of your family to who you are? Are you allowed to be anything outside of being so-and-so's sister or so-and-so's daughter or so-and-so's wife? You know, I watched my mom get divorced here and I watched people think that her worth changed because her family changed. Like that's how mm. deep it is here. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like, it's unfortunate that she had to apologize for getting out of a bad relationship because mm-hmm. her worth changed and there was shame. You know what I'm saying? Like that little, like Absolutely. it's all, it's all connected. And that's why uh, it's something that I'm still kind of unpacking for myself as well. But I, I have, mm-hmm. um, I have some interesting perspectives on family just because unfortunately in our culture, like there's so much tied to it. And, and there's, there's so much ugly things tied to family, like pride and ego mm-hmm. and status and, and just things that like, that's not what family's about, right? Like family is, a, mm-hmm. is about, showing up for somebody family's about loving somebody and, mm-hmm. and that's what it really is meant to be it's it's not a status symbol and if you're getting to that territory then it's like what are we even thinking about the relationships at this point do, do they even matter or is it what your last name is you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. 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 i hear you girl i hear you um i would like to pivot to how we're apologizing yes. in our romantic relationships I feel very passionately about this and i need, have something that i need to share um mm-hmm. to you yet and to our podcast listeners um yes. because there's something that has been bothering me um and by that like let's not get it twisted like i am booked and busy um i'm in a happy new relationship i my life has very much moved on from this person but you know for me like i think it's important for for me to stand up for myself um and i'd like to use the platform if you don't mind miss tia i don't mind at all at all Thank you. So um, to our loyal listeners, you will all know that prior to my relationship that I'm in now, I was in a not so great one with somebody um, that was on again, off again. We were, we were kind of, um, uh, you know, speaking of apologizing, you know, he, he, um, he, he would say that, that it wasn't as long as it was, or it wasn't what it was. Um, But you know what? My truth matters. And for me, that's what it was. Um, It was an on again, off again thing for years. Um, somebody that I met in college and, you know, Viet and I had an episode last season, you know, it was a hot take where we talked about our exes and I I actually, you know, I thought it was a really beautiful episode. I thought that it was really a pivotal moment for us in the podcast where we really got to like really show ourselves. Like, I think that was really the first time Viet that we were like genuinely like vulnerable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Which I was really mm-hmm. proud of us for because, you know, we went into this podcast wanting to really open up to you guys. So it was, it was a beautiful moment. Um, but of course, um, my um, toxic ex uh, did not uh, <laughs> digest it that way. And, you know, we had, uh, he had some of his girlfriends uh, listen to the podcast episode, thanks for listens, um, mm-hmm. you know, to absolve his own guilt about the situation. And of course, you know, they were all like, oh, she's just bitter. Oh, she's being dramatic, yada, yada, whatever. Um, and I think it's important for me to um, dispel that. Um, absolutely. I know what I went through. Um, I know my faults. Um, in the relationship, I know his, and I know what I, I did and didn't do. And I know that, you know, whatever, whatever he wants to believe is whatever, but, but I know that there was some level of gaslighting. There was some level of, of verbal abuse. There was some level of toxicity and, and he, like, he did something to me is, is what I want to say. And mm-hmm. I, um, that situation 
really destroyed me. Uh, Viet knows I had to really mm -hmm. kind of reevaluate my whole life because this person completely used me and, and teared me down. Um, and, you know, I carry a lot of guilt and I would often, you know, apologize to him a lot because, you know, I, I was always more angry with myself than him um, mm -hmm. for letting that happen to me, right? For being in a relationship where I wasn't valued, where I wasn't listened to, where I wasn't adored, I wasn't cared for at all. Like I was just a prop in somebody's life at best, like mm -hmm. at best a prop. And you know, uh, as I've moved on in my life and, and let go a lot of those things, because again, like I wouldn't be where I am today, um, without, you know, being with him for that time. Um, I started writing after him cause I just thought, listen, I need to like, just really do what I want to do. Um, and that's what inspired me to do that. Um, but I think it's important really for myself and hopefully listeners, this will make you, um, you know, give you some courage to just really own your truth in any way. Um, but he, I'm just here to say that man did something to me. I am proud today to be in a completely different place and to be the version of myself that I always wanted to be with the kind of man that I always wanted to be with. Um, but it's important for me to say that, um, that it happened and that it hurt me and that it was abusive and that it, um, it, uh, it really, um, it affected my life. And that's all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hear you on that. Oh, and good. yeah, I mean, that's, listen, these threads connect all areas of our lives. And I think that that's the important part is to recognize where these tendencies are coming from, where mm -hmm. these behaviors and habits are coming from, how they manifest in other places right? Like in this conversation alone, we've been talking about apologizing, the tendency to do so and how it happens in this space and that space in this environment under these circumstances and seeing yourself in the middle of that and seeing like, what am I allowing to happen? What yeah. am I making myself prone to? Yeah. And how can I change that? And like change it within like me, like starting with myself, right? Like mm -hmm. I, if you really like laser focus in on like where you are in these different spheres of your lives and like, what are those trends, you know, like really like assess that. And I think that's something that we've both, both like even in this podcast, low key, like we've been kind of unpacking it as we go along and recognizing it. And like, this is also the work that we're doing for each other and for ourselves just by talking about it. And like you using the space to be honest and like recognizing that and you're still unpacking and still kind of reflecting on how that has impacted you, right? But even doing that, like you start to see, you know, what are the things that I want to let go? What are the things I want to keep moving forward? You know what I mean? A million percent, a hundred percent. And these are things that, that both you and I still struggle with today. Oh, yeah. and like you yeah. said, we're still unpacking it. Like even now in my current relationship, I'm, I feel like I apologize too much. And, and again, like, you know, it's so tied to abandonment issues and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I think, you know, what a powerful thing to sit here um, with a good friend and to just like recognize that in yourself and to yeah, see and yeah. to hear you recognize it in yourself as well, Viet, like is really, it's comforting to me. It's empowering to me. I'm really proud of you. And I also want to tell you, you know, obviously like our friend is on a different level, but I want you to know that 
you know, you will always be enough for me as a friend and you never need to apologize unless you do something. <laughs> <laughs> unless I act a fool. <laughs> in which case, in which case, I know you're going to call me and be like, girl, stop acting a fool. Like, shut well, up. Like, <laughs> you know, it will never be a thing. Like, you're so safe from this friendship with me. And I think it's important <laughs> to just like, how do you know that? Because there's literally like, like short of something insane, like there's nothing that you could do to change our friendship. Oh, and um, yeah, I just, I always want to make you feel safe and, and just know that you don't have to apologize um, for being yourself and just know that like, I understand you. So like, don't mm -hmm. feel like you have to explain your, like your behavior because I understand where you're coming from and I will always give you the benefit of the doubt. Friendship. Thank you. The friendship. I want to add something too. Oh, girl. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> I wanted to add this too before we wrap up because this can also, this is like part three, four, and five. And we need a clinical psychologist to come in here too and unpack it for us. We are not licensed. Okay. Believe it or not, listeners, Koei and I are not experts in this field. But what I wanted to add um, back to like the stubborn point, and this is something that I, ooh, I need to reflect on. And Koei, you know this about me because we live together. Okay. And you know that I'd be holding my cards real close to my chest really for very specific things and very specific dynamics I will hold to my chest. And I will be very stubborn about that. Okay. So earlier, talked about friends, right? Ooh, I don't want to. It took me even a long time to let Kui know, hey, I kind of something went off with this friendship of mine, like one that I had outside of Koei and I. It took me a while to even tell you that, Koei, because I was like, nah, nah, no, I'm a fix it. I'm a this. I'm going to show, you know what I mean? I was already like working overdrive to not admit that something that was important to me was maybe not the same thing anymore. So friendship, check. That's one of those like hold my cards real tight. Okay. The other card that I have in my hand can also be with relationships. Okay. I can be stubborn and protective about that too. And be like, oh no, it's fine. It's time we're working on it. You know, uh, we, we, we're, we're good. We're good. I, you know, I just go into that like instinctively um, and I'm working hard. Well, first of all, I'm recognizing that pattern. Okay. Recognizing the threads. That's <laughs> one. Okay, mm -hmm. so okay. <laughs> realize, realize, realize. Uh, step two, also um, taking a moment to, to decide that I don't want to continue said threats, right? It's one thing to see that you have bad tendencies. It's another thing to be like, mm -mm, I'm not trying to carry that forevermore, forevermore, okay? So I also think that with relationships and my kind of stubbornness in that department and also uh, it's an insecurity of mine, that that person would wake up the next day and be like, nah, you're not that interesting anymore, Viet. Or like, nah, you were fun, but not so much anymore. Right? Like that's like a deep seated, like, oh dear God. <laughs> I never want to reach that. Yeah. And it's definitely like we went through similar situations prior to our situations now. Um, and that is a hundred, like that, that's deep. Like when I tell you realize, 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 like I feel, I see you. We see each other. You know what yes, I'm saying? We do. Yes, we do. Real talk. That's that's the one. So listen, listeners. Whoa, that's kind of weird to say. Listen, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Sounds like a tongue twister. We covered some ground this episode. <laughs> yeah, we did. Step one, uh, visualize the threads. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you want Viet's ebook, okay, on moving forward and moving on. <laughs> All right. Step one, you better recognize. Step two, 
decide that you don't want to keep those threads no more. You don't want to keep those tendencies no more. Yeah, save it for the Step e-book. three. Save it for the, we, we go get you some money, girl. Save it for the ebook. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to drop the last one. Step three is rinse and repeat. Okay, just reflect on it. Shampoo, condition it. Get it deep in your roots. Recognize. Okay, recognize and realize that you don't want that no more. Okay. Moisture in. Add some heat. Add some heat. Okay. Do a deep condition. All right. Detangle. <laughs> Now we're just talking about our wash routine, girl. <laughs> Literally, I'm out here thinking like, should we argan oil? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, speaking of which, I had a really fun moment. Um, talk about interracial relationships. <laughs> the other day. Yeah, like, no one was talking about that, but I love that you bring it up because it's important because I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> Yeah, is it an interracial love affair? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. It's so fun. We're learning so many things together. But the other day, I had to like deep condition my hair, and I didn't plan my wash day because I like to be in my home for wash day. Because wash day, you know, you know what it is. You block out the three hour window. You have your your queue of TV shows and podcasts you're listening to as you're detangling and oh, yeah. deep conditioning and scalp oh, yeah. oil, mm-hmm. the whole business. So I played myself. And I tried to stretch my wash day by like four more days. And you know, when you're stretching it and your hair is like, girl, wash me. So I was like, oh man, but I was at his. And so I had to make do with the products. So I brought all my products over to do this thing. And in hindsight, I did give him a heads up that like, I'm just, I'm going to do my wash day right now. Like just sit tight, go watch a movie, go eat a snack. And so I proceeded to like be alone for like an hour and a half. And I, <laughs> afterwards I was like, I'm so sorry. I should have told you that it was wash day. Like this is no small feat. Like you're not going to see me for two hours, my friend. (laughs) Listen, Will is a full Negro and I had to explain to him, listen, wash day is not, it's not a cute little like, Ooh, and then no, 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 baby. It's a, it's a whole situation. Oh, Daniel. (laughs) Yeah. It's a whole situation. Right. I was like, don't talk to me. I'm deep conditioning. (laughs) Daniel was probably like, baby, you okay? You okay? (laughs) And then I forgot my bonnet. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by the way your bonnet's at my house your new bonnet i know i need to go over <laughs> at this point listeners are like what, what? <laughs> they write into us they're like viet yeah, go get the bonnet at coey's <laughs> oh my god oh well you know what at that note we've covered it all <laughs> <laughs> we truly have covered it all. Um, listeners, thanks for joining us on this journey. Um, especially the end that got a little strange there. Um, yeah. shout out Daniel, who was probably yeah. really confused by Viet's wash day routine. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love oh. you guys. Um, we hope that you stop over apologizing if you do, but also if you yes. don't right away, that's okay. Because, you know, mm-hmm. be gentle with yourself. That's super important to always remember. We're all on this journey together. Um, yeah. And we love you. Yeah, we love and find somebody in your life if you don't already have that person that you can have these conversations with. It doesn't need to be everybody. Okay, you don't talk to everybody about how you want to stop apologizing. Like, find that one person and be like, "Hey, this is something I've been thinking through. Do you feel this way? How has this uh, how has this impacted your lives?" Like, just find that person, talk about it, because you will find that uh, there's a lot more similarities in going through this and maturing in this way. So, find your person. Talk to them about it. Have this conversation. We're doing it all the time, including as you record. Beautifully said, Lynn <laughs> uh, Ooh, my first name, my government name. <laughs> I like to think that I'm the only one who calls you that, but I'm sure your mom does maybe sometimes. Not even. I think you might be it. <laughs> <It's> very- <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> very, very special indeed. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll be back with another episode, as you know, every two weeks. All right. We've been having, we've had so many great guests, haven't we, Koei? We really have. It's actually, it's been a fantastic season. I'm really excited. And, you know, Viet and I are wrapping it up. Um, we're going to be done in a few episodes here. So mm-hmm. that's why we're reflecting. <laughs> we are. Hey, we're done only for se- for this season, all right? You know, we, we got more things to say. We're going to be back. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.